your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alrighty now, what is up New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host Trey Matthews. It's 100 day everybody, the century mark, triple digits, 100. That's right everybody, it's the 100th episode of me being a part of the Locked On Podcast Network and I must say, you guys, I am so grateful that you guys have stuck by me through all these episodes, listening to all sorts of crazy shenanigans, sticking by me through my mistakes, sticking by me through the great episodes, the bad episodes, the terrible episodes, the decent episodes, whatever the case might be, you guys have stuck by me for this long and we can only go up, so I appreciate you guys because without your listenership, there is no show, there is nothing, and I told you guys, I had something special planned for this big day. That's right, I am bringing in the founder of the Locked On Podcast Network. His name is David Locke, and he is also the play-by-play announcer for the Utah Jazz's radio station. And honestly, I am so excited for this interview. I'm so excited for you guys just to hear from his side of the broadcasting world, just to hear some of his interesting stories, including, remember, uh, he does play-by-play for the Utah Jazz's radio station. And who did the Utah Jazz play? Uh, let's see, back in 2016, it was this player's final game. Oh yeah, he was able to witness Kobe Bryant play in his final game, and he has a few Kobe Bryant stories to share with us, because Kobe Bryant is an icon throughout the sports world, and you know what, we need just to hear something like that just to keep 2020, you know, lighten the mood up a little bit, because we only have a few weeks left in it, so I am looking forward to it. So yeah, we're basically going to be talking about his career, my career, uh, you know, how did the Locked On Podcast Network start up for him? Uh, does he have any interesting other stories to share with us? So I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be really exciting. And, you know, it's a little nerve-wracking because, you know, I'm interviewing my boss, essentially. So, uh, but no, he's a great guy. And I'm so glad he took the time out of his busy day just to do this interview, especially since he's going to be very busy in the next few weeks because the NBA season starts within, like, uh, within three weeks, I believe. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's approaching. And, you know, obviously I'm sure he's really busy with uh, just the, trying to get accustomed to the new roster, the new situation, things of that nature. And quite honestly, uh, he, he's got an exciting team to look forward to because Utah Jazz are, are actually a very decent uh, NBA team. And I look forward to watching them this NBA season. Listen, I know we're an NHL uh, podcast show. I know we're supposed to be talking about the New Jersey Devils, but, you know, we have to, you know, we have to respect our guests and, you know, what they do. And, You know, so today we're going to be talking about the NBA. We're going to be talking about uh, just his career, as I stated. And you know what? It's going to be very exciting, and I look forward to you guys hearing it within the next few minutes. But first, I have to inform you guys something. So I am low on energy, so you know what I need? I need a, uh, well, uh, well, picture this. All right, everybody. How much does this relate to you? You just need some sort of energy boost. You just need to break through that wall. You need something great delicious but at the same time very healthy so that way you can go about your day and still look great well i have the thing for you you've heard about built bar well they now have built go but what is built go you might ask well break through your wall whether it's a mental or physical wall 
break through it with go every day easy to take in a 1.5 ounce packages put in a briefcase for the most focused presentation ever your golf bag to power through the back nine or put it in your pocket to go through the day or consume it when you just need some energy to watch the new jersey devils play Bilko is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, mint. This stuff is great. I've already had a few, and I'm already bouncing off the walls. I have so much energy right now. Bilko combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast-absorbing, so it gets into the system fast, plus it's easy to the stomach. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Now I'm going to give you an offer that you can't refuse. Visit Bilko.com and use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 30% off your next order use the promo code locked for 30 percent off at billco.com there we go i repeat it so now you have no excuse let's go baby all righty now you guys have waited long enough let's bring in david lock the founder of the lockdown podcast network and also the play-by-play announcer for the utah jazz's radio station let's take it away full disclaimer though uh, David, at the time of this recording, was in his van and he was uh, traveling, so I'm still glad that he took the time out of his day to talk to me. But just so you know, there, there might be some feedback during this interview that you know might sound a little rough at certain parts. Just know I did try to the best of my ability to edit it out. It was just a little difficult because like, if I edited it too much, it would have been uh, very squeaky and just not uh, comprehensible. So you know, j- j- just a full disclaimer, but still, it's a really good interview and I hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, for the most most part, the interview is good to go, and I'm satisfied with it. And hopefully, you take a lot from what he's uh, taught me as well. So, I hope you enjoy. And joining me via Uber Conference, it is the founder of the Locked On Podcast Network and also the play-by-play announcer for the Utah Jazz's radio. His name is David Locke. David, how you doing? I'm good. Congratulations on hitting a, a Locked On milestone. The first hundred are always the hardest. And then the audience builds nicely after that. You've done a great job with it. So congratulations and uh, uh, pleased to be on your show. But more importantly, uh, thanks for representing the, the network so well and doing such a great job. Thank you. Thank you, David. I appreciate that so much. 100 episodes, it's not easy. It's long. It's tedious. Sometimes long nights, sometimes stressing out whether you could get an episode out or not. But you always figure out a way to do it. The show must always go on. Yeah, I mean, I think it's once it becomes a habit, it works. And then once the audience knows that you're going to be there every day, uh, it works out. So they are, you know, I think that that's what you, you find is if you get that consistency, um, that then, then the fans, they know you're going to be there, they trust you, and they'll be there for you. Absolutely. So, obviously, David is the play-by-play announcer for the Utah Jazz's radio feed. And, David, you've been with the Utah Jazz uh, since 2009, but I want to take it back just a little bit further. Let's talk about humble beginnings because you graduated from Occidental College and you have a degree in political science and sociology. Where did uh, radio announcing or announcing in general begin for you? You know, it really began, like, as a little kid. Uh, You're you're young enough. You probably remember these things, but I used to play a game called Stratomatic or Status Pro. Do you remember either of those? No, I don't. What are they? They're board games. See, I'm going to have to explain what a board game is also, aren't I? No, no, no. I play board games. It's not those board games. So these were board games, Trey, that we, you know, that you played instead of video games, and I would announce them. 
So I had, you know, all my teams. I announced them. I even played, like, the Montreal Expos entire season one year because I was convinced their manager wasn't maximizing their talent. I was, like, eight or nine at this point, so early with the sports opinions. And I just always used to want to be an announcer. I announced everything. Um, I, I'd play games in the backyard and announce them. My buddies would get together and play wiffle ball. We'd have a pregame show and a postgame show. Um, I used to, you know, one of those board games, had old-time players, so Babe Ruth was often my post-game guest. It was weird that he came back from the grave to be on the show, but he did. So, you know, it really was who I was. Um, you know, there's I, I got kind of confused along the way. thought I was going to be a civil rights player. thought I was going to do a bunch of other things in my career. Went to Washington, D.C. to do an internship to work in politics. Uh, but really, when it got back to it, I've always wanted to be in sports. I always wanted to be an announcer things I always wanted to do, and got lucky that that's what happened. In fact, the story in the family is that somewhere between 9, 10, and 11, we're not entirely sure, we were listening to the radio after a jazz game, and I told my dad I was going to be that guy. And that guy was the time, Todd Rod Hunley, and that's who I replaced as the radio voice for the Utah Jazz. Wow, that's really interesting, and I can relate that on so many levels because when I first uh, went to college as a freshman, I, I was just a business major. I had no intention of, like, you know, going into announcing, let alone hockey in general. So it's, you know, it's very interesting to see, like, you know, it's never too late to, like, pursue uh, broadcasting. So, you know, it's really it's really interesting to hear that from your perspective because you wanted to take it into a very different um, – you wanted to take your career into a very different direction, but you – you were able to just say, you know what, I want to do what I've wanted to do since I was a little kid, which is I want to do announce. I want to do announcing for the Utah Jazz. And here you are right now. You've been their play-by-play announcer for radio since 2009. How's that job like? Because a lot of people would love to like. Well, let me go back. I want to ask you: Do you think? I mean, this is so much of the conversation these days in America. Do you think that you didn't see yourself that way? until you had the connection with the Kraken's announcer because there were no announcers that looked like you, whereas I'm growing up and every announcer looks like me? You know, no, no, absolutely not. I had no intention of, like, like, like what Everett told me. He said, like, uh, you know, you don't really, you know, set out to be the first to do something. And, you know, when, when I first started off doing hockey, I just really loved the sport. It was fast-paced. It was unpredictable. Uh, I felt like it felt it fit my style of broadcasting, which is just energetic all the time. I would have done what, what you would have done. I thought I would be doing basketball. And, you know, I still love basketball. I'm a huge fan. But, you know, it, for, for me as a broadcaster, I would just much rather do hockey because it just uh, it just fit my style a little bit more. So, uh, you know, it, it crossed my mind that, you know, I'm a black person doing hockey, you know, in terms of play by play. I knew there couldn't be too much like me. But, you know, at the same time, I wasn't really thinking about that because I was just enjoying what I was doing. I was loving hockey. But then, you know, when I when I did some research and I found Everfits U, we just kind of hit it off and we connected. And, you know, here we are, uh, one of the few African-Americans to do play by play for a hockey team. And it's 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 incredible. And, you know, obviously you never set out to do the to be the first to do something. It's just it just so happens that way. You know, I think you make a great point in there. What's driving you is passion. Um, you know, when I meet with young kids, I always say, you better love this. If 
you're doing it because you want to be famous or you want to be known, it's going to wear out really fast, and your listener will know it. If you're doing it because you love it, for the passion, for the art, I refer to it as an art. I, I, I believe, and it sounds very arrogant, and I don't mean it with that arrogance, but I truly view what we're doing is a, is a, is a type of art. It's a painting every day. It's a whatever you want to call it. And I'm trying to get become a better artist every night when I call a game, however I might call it. And so if you don't have that passion for it, you're going to have a hard time being able to uh, have that, you know, to have your fans connect with you. That's right, because people can recognize uh, talent just as much as desperation. And, you know, you have to be in it for the right reasons. So, you know, uh, obviously what, what we do is not easy. It, like you said, it's an art. Like, uh, I always tell people, if you watch people like Doc Emmerich, Matt Baskersian, Kevin Harlan, Gus Johnson, if you're watching those guys call a game and you say, it looks easy, I could do something like that, guess what? The announcer is making it easy. It's extremely difficult. All right, I got a Matt Baskersian story for you. All right, cool. It's 1992. Uh, my grad, my dad, for my graduation from college, um, I talked my dad into buying me, there was a radio station in L.A. where you could buy airtime. So he bought me, I think it was 12 shows, 30 minutes, 1030 at night on a Sunday, right? It was the cheapest show available, and it was a time slot. And I decided to do a story on the California League, minor league baseball class A. And... Uh, I I go around and you know the first place I go everything is into the radio booth because at this point I think I want to be a baseball announcer. I played college baseball for two years, but I was a pitcher and my ERA was a California zip code, so I had to retire. And, uh, so I I go into the, the you know I I buddy up with the announcer every time. I'm in high desert and this guy is my age and he's calling the game. And he's unbelievable. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm never going to make it. Like, if this is the level at Class A, this guy's my age, I got no chance. This guy's a genius. He's unbelievable. And it was Matt Vaskersian. Really? I love Matt Vaskersian because I, I idolize him so much. Uh, so one of my catchphrases in, in – in, uh, uh, sports I do like when I get excited I'll say mother of mercy but uh, the, the inspiration came from Matt Vasquez and Santa Maria especially when I was watching the Cubs and the um, the Cleveland Indians play and Rajai Davis hits a, a, a grand slam that ties the game in the uh, late innings and he goes Santa Maria like he gets so excited I remember hearing that uh, when he was the announcing my video game I would always just get so ex- get so hyped and excited. He's one of the reasons why I wanted my own catchphrase. So I have the utmost respect for Matt Vaskersian because he just has so much passion, so much energy. He gets so excited. That's one of my uh, broadcasting heroes. And that's so cool that you met him that young of age and you said he was going to be something special. Like, you know, it, you either got well, it or you don't. I can tell you this. I met every announcer on that trip. Like, I went to that five California League games. He's the only announcer's name I remember. And I've stayed in touch with him relatively since. I mean, he, you know, he, we don't have anything other in common other than in 1992 we sat in the booth together. So it's not as though we're friends. But I, you know, I've reached out to him on occasion. 
to congratulate him for the latest gig or to give him some, you know, remind him that he, he you know, he's had some bumps in the road and remind him that he's brilliant. Uh, but he's, uh, he, uh, he, he was great. Like, you know, he was 23 years old. Uh, it was awesome. He was on his way. That's awesome. That's awesome. And like, like I said, just, just the utmost respect for Matt Paskerson. And he's the reason why I feel as though my broadcasting style is what it is, which is just a high amount of energy. And you're just a fan watching the game. And you're just trying to uh, give the fans a perspective of what they're watching, which is just being hyped up, energetic, and just try to put on a show and just do things of that nature. So I want to talk about your career again. You're with the Utah Jazz since 2009. Uh, how, how has that experience been? Like, you know, how how was the process to get there? Oh, I mean, the process to get there was, you know, it's, it's not easy. I don't want to overplay it. You know, people have really hard lives, and trying to become an NBA play-by-play announcer is not on that list of hard lives. Uh, I did, you know, my route was I was a talk show host for many years, was doing pre-halftime and post-game. I've been covering the NBA as a pre-halftime hosting host for NBA play-by-play announcer for every NBA season since 1993 or four. So I'm old. Uh, but I've been in the league for a long time at this point. Um, I did WNBA jobs. Loved it. Loved the W. Uh, it was the Utah Stars for a year. Sam Storm for seven or eight. Uh, got the Sonics job. Lost the Sonics job in the years. The ownership changed up and then I was very pro keeping the team in Seattle, which did not match with what their ownership wanted. Um, and then was fortunate enough to get another chance at it in Utah, where I had started my career originally. So, um, you know, I don't you know. I, I've got a, I can tell the story. I mean, if you want something, the passion will drive you. And, you know, I, I do believe now at 50 that, like, you can't – it's unnatural to work at 2 o'clock in the morning. There's only two things – that make you work at 2, 3, and 4 o'clock in the morning. And, and one is a, an incredible drive for a, a given goal or moment or something you're trying to get. And the other is a tremendous fear of failure. Uh, and, and in turn, I think fear of failure, which is negative. So sports psychologists, people don't like to talk about that. Building Locked On, I can tell you what drove Locked On was a tremendous fear of failure um, and not and embarrassing myself. Uh, with trying this and having it not work, and I didn't sleep for an entire summer. And the only thing driving that was fear of failure, not some quest for success. But I think on the, the dream of being a play-by-play announcer in the NBA, which I was fortunate enough to achieve, that what I think was you're working and getting better um, every day because of a passion, and the passion drives you. Right. You know, that- to, to that point, Trey, Great commencement speech uh, by the founder of Dropbox. He, he, he went to MIT. He's way smarter than us, um, unless he went to MIT, too. Um, and he uh, gave a speech in which you've got to find your tennis ball. And what he meant was that if you throw a dog a tennis ball, they'll go through like a bog and a prickly bush and thistles and mud and they'll get the tennis ball, and they'll sprint back to you, and they'll drop the tennis ball to your foot and be like, do it again. And in light, you've got to find your tennis ball. That's that's a really interesting way of putting it. And 
you know, that, that kind of led to uh, my next point, which is, you know, you're the founder of the Locked On Podcast Network. That's why every show is called Locked On. And, you know, this obviously didn't just happen overnight. You, you uh, worked hard. You worked from the ground up to expand the show. And also, I just want to say that thank you for hiring one of my former uh, teachers at the University of Detroit Jesuit High School Academy, Matt Derry, who hosts uh, Locked On Lions. He used, he used to be my teacher at my school. So, you know, thank you for hiring him years ago. Um, He's great. One of the original potters. He was one of the few guys you went to at first saying, like, listen, I'm trying to get a podcast uh, network going. So would you join us and, like, you know, try to expand it out? And, you know, that's just that's just so interesting about how now it just started off as a as a hobby, just wanting to, uh, you know, have some sort of job security. And then now it's expanded. And now you're covering uh, the NBA, you're covering the NFL, the MLB, the NHL, which which uh, I'm I'm hosting one of the shows now and also college sports. And you're also doing fantasy uh, draft. You know, it's just expanding so much. And, you know, obviously, I for any of my listeners who need some inspiration. Just look at at my boss, David Locke, who who, uh, you know, just started from the ground up, had a passion. And it's expanded into this huge network. That 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 you know, a few of the shows are in the top ten for most listened to. I mean, I guess in the simplest term, I was bored, right? Like I had I know time and Hawks NBA season. Uh, don't sit still very well, and I thought there was a gap in the way podcasts were being built. They were all long, they were all national, and teams are fans of teams. Our fans are. Fans of teams, not leagues. Uh, we like hockey. You know, I love hockey. Like, I think it's the greatest game. I think it's, you know, skating basketball is the two greatest games. They're similar. Um, I just don't have a team. So if I had a hockey team, because I grew up in the Bay Area before the Sharks, so I, I just don't ever have that connection. If I had a team, I'd be a huge hockey fan. But, like, I have, you've got to have a team to really make you love sports, and that's what drives fans. And so we wanted to build the network where it's your team every day. Yep, five episodes, or, well, at least in season, five episodes a week. And then the off season, we obviously post three episodes a week. So, you know, it's literally your team every day, your team, like, you know, nonstop. Just we, we have something each and every day, whether it could be news, trades, something funny to share. You know, I've, I know I've had my fair share of just, you know, unique episodes and taking into things to different perspectives. If, if nothing, if it was a slow news day, you know, that's another thing. You have to be adaptable when you're in this business because, Sometimes there's going to be slow news days and sometimes you have to, you know, just think on your feet and be like, what can I do to make a difference to, uh, you know, keep my fans entertained because they don't just want to you know hear what? about the dead air. You know what I say about this, Trey? This is always what I, I try There's a There's slow news days, but a fan loves their team every day. So it's our that, job to give them something to talk about. That is true. That is absolutely 100% true. And, um, into my into my next question, I just want I, I wanted to ask you because like I like I told you at the beginning of the show, I'm a I'm also a big basketball fan. I, I'm a fan of LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers, so I see your analysis uh, of them on on your Twitter page. Um, have you ever been like starstruck like by a player, like someone you've idolized, and then you know you I'm like wow, I'm announcing them, or have you ever met someone where it's just like oh my gosh, I, I'm finally meeting someone who's known by millions, like. Have you ever been starstruck? I was starstruck twice in my career. 
Uh, once very, very early on, um, I was in the Oakland A's locker room when the A's were kind of the best team in the game. This is probably 1990. And I'm interviewing Dave Stewart, who at the time was a two-time Cy Young Award winner. And uh, he, uh, behind me, Bill King, the announcer for the A's. And while I was a kid, he was the announcer for the A's, the Warriors, and the Raiders. So that was, as a Bay Area kid, that was my childhood voice. And he said something behind me, and I just about dropped my mic and forgot that Dave Stewart was standing there because uh, Bill King was there. And the second time I was starstruck was when I was the radio voice of the Seattle Supersonics, and we played the Utah Jazz. And I was a jazz fan as a kid. My dad was in business in Utah. Hot Rod Unley was walked on water for me. And I had gotten to know Hot Rod for years working in Utah before that. We were friends at that point. But he still, I mean, we were friends in the sense that I idolized him. And, we, you know, we went out to bars and stuff and hung out. But I still just idolized him. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget, I was calling the game for the Sonics, and I looked on Radio Row, and Hot Rod was calling the game for the Jazz. And I realized we were doing the same job at the same time and I just about hyperventilated. Whoa. Like, I know in this business, like, you're probably so used to famous people by now because, you know, you obviously have to interact with a lot of famous people uh, when you're announcing. It, it, and it just goes to show that, you know, even when you know you're going to meet someone famous in this profession, it's just, you know, so surreal when you're actually there in person, like, within their presence, isn't it? But, Trey, I mean, I think the thing that's relevant on that is mine were announcers. I've never, like, I see players as someone I'm reporting upon, and that's my job. You know, as a team employee, it's a little different. I'm probably there to support them as much as I can to report on them. But, I mean, they're, they're work. I love going to practice every day. I love watching them play. I love being around. Their world, I mean, I, I admire them because of the dedication and how much they've given up in their lives and how great they are. But, like, I've never been in awe of them in that capacity. I interviewed Michael numerous times. You know, um, there's cool, like, I have really cool moments. Don't, don't misunderstand. I think those moments are as cool as anyone else would. The, the kid in me is still there. But the moments I've been starstruck or, or inspired, it's the I, announcing idols that I have gotten to know or talk to. Bob Costas during the NBA Finals, 97-98, I spent a bunch of time with him. That was that was pretty overwhelming. I would call Mike Breen a friend at this point. Um, that's pretty amazing. So, but those are, it's the craft that they do that I admire because it's the craft I want to do. It's not, I'm not, not wowed by the athlete. I have incredible LeBron stories. I have amazing Kobe stories. I've got some incredible Jordan stories where I was around things and been able to be exposed to it. And I admire them because of how great they are. Um, but I've never had that same awe that I do actually when I'm around someone who does something at the level that I dream of doing it one day. That's respectable and totally understandable because, you know, obviously everyone has their own um, own way of like looking at it. Let me tell you something about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious. 
18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Oh my gosh, this is delicious. I've already had a few when I go out to the gym and they are super healthy too. You're probably thinking, wait a minute, these bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Uh, 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 sounds like an unhealthy snack. That is not true. As I stated, Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for a keto diet. And you, yes you, I'm going to make an offer that you can't refuse. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you will get $10 off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off at BuiltBar.com. There we go, I repeated it so that way you don't have to rewind it. Go to BuiltBar.com and get your Built Bars right now. So, so I'm so glad you brought up Mike Breen because, uh, you know, everyone has their signature calls and things of that nature. His is bang. And uh, I remember watching the Golden State Warriors and OKC Thunder uh, when Steph Curry pulled up from like half court, hit, sunk a three, gave the Warriors the lead with only a few seconds left in the game. Everyone remembers that call, just him going bang, bang. It, Stephen Curry from, or, you know, uh, when LeBron James had that block on Iguodala, I remember that Mike Breen call. Or, or when Kyrie had that shot over Steph Curry to give the Cavs a lead. Everyone has their own signature calls and, you know, exciting moments. Uh, what was your iconic call that you would say? For me personally, I don't think I have one. Um, I don't have a signature call. Um, I've never done that, not because I think there's anything wrong with it, just not something I've done. Um, so I don't have a bang or a – I use pow a lot on a big three. Um, glad we re-signed Derek Favors because every time he dunks, I quoted Ron Swanson and Parks and Rec. Uh, they'll take all the eggs and all the bacon, and the first time he dunks, back with us. I'll be able to use that again. The fans will have a, that'll be a good moment. Um, so I don't really have that moment. My, my kind of weird moment is there was a kid named Sunday out of games. was on a 10-day contract. The Jazz were playing the Cavaliers TNT game. I was the radio call locally. I don't know why I said this, but came out of the timeout, down two, and I said, I don't know why, but it feels like Sunday's got Sunday out of games written all over it, and Hollywood couldn't even come up with a script. Inbound to Ronnie Price, rotates to Sunday out of games for three, and he nails it. Like his one moment with the sun. It just, you know, it's just one of those things. Like, there's no reason this kid was on the court. He was on a 10-day contract, and there it was. Wow, that's that's uh, that's a come up story. If anything, just like you know, if you're gonna have a moment, might as well make it big, because you know you never know when it might uh, go out or when it might be over. So, I, I guess my the last only qu- keep going. The only crap I've ever asked for in my career is I have a picture of Sunday on the game taking that shot, and I got it to sign it, and it got framed. You got it framed. I got it framed. I got him signed. I got it framed. Wow, that, that that's really cool right there. I, that that's that's actually a cool story. So you you call the the shot and you also get it framed. That's that's really uh, interesting to uh, to hear. And you know, we as announcers just always have that big that big time thing that we call that we never forget. And uh, yeah, every announcer has one. And I I I must I I definitely idolize that. That's something to uh, to definitely uh, look up to. 
So I guess my last question for you is obviously a lot of people say that 2020 has been a rough year, but, you know, we've had some good moments. We've had some bad moments. You know, think obviously it's been a very crazy year. And I've, and you said you had some uh, Kobe Bryant stories, and I would like to hear at least one of them, you know, because Kobe was a big inspiration for me as a as, as an athlete and also just in life in general, just how his mentality was, how he went about his business. So. I would love to hear maybe one of your Kobe stories to finish it off. Well, I mean, I, they've been told so much, unfortunately, recently. I'm not sure I can add a lot, but I did. I was. I did cover Kobe both on the front end, in which he shot the air balls in Utah. It was an announcer uh, pre-halftime post game for the Jazz. So I remember vividly interviewing Kobe after those four air balls or three air balls. And coming back out on the air and saying, oh, my gosh, that kid's going to be great. I've never seen anyone with that mentality to handling failure like that. He's not failing at all. He's going to be amazing. Um, and that wasn't totally clear at that time. Like, I think he shot 39% that year. And those air balls were pretty terrible shots. And the ego was pretty overwhelming to take them. Um, but you could tell there was something very, very special about him. Uh, I was also fortunate enough to call his final game uh, when he, you know, put it on the Jazz. He also, I also saw him put up 50 on two other occasions, once when I was calling the Sonics. Um, and then, uh, you know, just various interviews over the years. Um, you know, really my time in the league matched his time in the league. Um, very, you know, kind of almost at this point paralleled each other. Um, and though he was in L.A. and I was in Utah for most of it when I was in Seattle, um, you know, that was a good little rivalry as well. So uh, the, the, the air balls are the defining moment I remember more than anything, just because I remember going back out on the air afterwards and saying, I've never seen it like that. Like he's unfazed. That kid's, that kid's going to be amazing. Oh man. I, I totally, I, and boy, were you right? He, he did become something special. I totally forgot his last game was against Utah jazz in which he dropped about 60 and, also, Jason uh, of Locked On Ducks told me that he was also in attendance for Kobe's final games. Yeah, it was, a, you know, feels a little different today. Than it, did that. it was pretty amazing, man. That's a surreal moment. Like, that's a moment I wish I could could have attended because, like, you know, that that's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And that's something, you, you know, it, you only a handful full of people can say that they were able to witness at, at the end. So that's that's pretty incredible right there that you were able to witness something so historic and also just calls saying that he was going to be something special, which he ended up becoming more than special. He, he's a legend and just an icon in the sports world in general. So, you know, that's something to look up to. Yeah. I mean, again, being around all these guys, just been, you know, it's been really, it's, it's a gift. You know, and some of the most interesting guys are, are not always the best. Epe Udo might be the most interesting player I've ever covered. Uh, He's just incredibly bright and thoughtful and uh, worldly and, uh, you know, communicates fabulously. And so, I mean, he's, he's as interesting. I think some, anybody who covered a Donald Foyle would probably say the same thing. He's one of the most bright, interesting people you've been around. Um, so, I, you know, I, I feel very fortunate just to have had time around the best in the world throughout the last now 30 years of my career or so. 
And obviously there's more to come. And I hope to one day be in that situation uh, only in hockey and just, uh, just find a way to break into the broadcasting world. Like I am doing right now. And it's just, I, I, I hope to be, do what you've been able to do the past few years. Can I, can I leave, can I leave you with a thought? Leave any other young broadcaster with a thought? Yeah, absolutely. So I call a lot of games, you know, minor league baseball, uh, actually called a hockey game once. I was probably terrible. Um, you know, Utah Stars, Seattle Storm, Washington. And, uh, and every night I, I was calling the game for my roommate. Day. Um, I wasn't calling the game with any authenticity. I was calling it because of what I thought it would sound like on tape so I could get my next job. And it wasn't until I stopped doing that that I actually kind of gave up the quest of ever making it. And enjoyed the games that I was calling for what they were at that moment and just called the game true to my personality that I became a good enough announcer to take the next step in my career. Prior to that, I wasn't calling game. I was calling my resume tape, but I wasn't being me. I was trying to be everybody else. So if I could leave everybody with a suggestion, find what makes you great and be in the moment rather than worrying about what the moment means for you. That's amazing right there. Word of advice to all my young broadcasters. I know everyone uh, at the station I work for, Adrian College Television, will be tuning in to maybe pick your brain and take advice like that. Yeah, just be true to yourself because that's all you can be at this uh, stage of your career. Uh, if you if you want to break into the broadcasting world, it takes way more than just wanting it. It takes a lot of work, effort, and, you know, just you got to listen a lot and also be your toughest critic as well just to uh, get to that next level. Well, Trey, I Great work and locked on. Lucky to have you. Thank you. And I appreciate working for a great uh, network as well. I appreciate all the opportunities, all the things that uh, you guys have done for me as well. David Locke, everybody, the founder of the Lockdown Podcast Network and also the play-by-play announcer for the Utah Jazz. Keep an ear out for David Locke on your local radio station as the Utah Jazz will hit the court for the NBA in a matter of a few weeks. So always exciting to see another sport start up their season again, especially during this pandemic year. So thanks uh, to David Locke, the founder of the Lockdown Podcast Network, for appearing on the show. And thank you to you guys. Once again, I can't thank you guys enough. Sticking by me through 100 freaking episodes. That's impressive right there. I'm forever grateful for you guys. Thank you for everything. I'm, I'm, I'm just flabbergasted. I'm speechless. I could have never imagined in a million years that I'd be doing a podcast show and I'd be 100 episodes in already so early. So thanks, guys. It's been a wild ride, and I look forward to that wild ride continuing in the future. So uh, thanks for tuning in, New Jersey. Continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. I will catch you in the next episode. Thank you, guys. I love you.